The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got to look to the draft. We've got to look to developing the guys that are currently here and obviously retain as many of these guys as we can. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 5th. J.P. Shadrick with Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier. Bucky Brooks will be back with us next week. Give us a listen on the podcast page at Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. But you're probably listening to us on there anyway. So thanks, and leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Uh, John Osier. Hello, uh, you were at the baseball game last night. Right? I was at the uh, I was at the game before the game. I, oh, you I didn't saw stay Trevor's for the pitch. you stay for I the shrimp game. For, you saw Trevor's first pitch. Okay. I plan to go to a few shrimp game this year. Uh, last night was was not one of the ones I'm going to attend fully. I uh, did see Trevor's first pitch, and I I'll tell you, uh, for a guy who uh, hadn't thrown a baseball in some time, he's Got some heat. Let's hear from Trevor Lawrence after the first pitch on the performance. Yeah, I tried to get a little warm, a little high, but I was like, I got to throw hard. Like I said, if I didn't throw things for a living, I feel like I could have just lobbed it, but I had to at least throw with some heat. So. A little pressure on that. Throw. Yeah, a little pressure. a little nervous coming out, coming out of the tunnel. But. I'm happy. I just didn't want to skip it in the dirt. So as the catcher caught it, you know, put a little bit on it. It wasn't a strike, but... So we can improve for next time. But. You didn't want to be the viral like short. No, pitch. I didn't want to be like Fifty Cent when he sent it to the, the dugout over there. So that's Trevor Lawrence after the first pitch. Now, uh, John, I worked nine years in minor league baseball, over seven hundred Suns games, and I've seen a lot of ceremonial first pitches. Mm-hmm. This is on the upper tier. I mean, he had yeah. some heat to it. It wasn't a strike unless they swung at it. But hey, I, it, I've seen a whole lot worse. Yeah, some inside baseball here, inside baseball because it's baseball. Yeah. Uh, as you know. They have a, 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 a bullpen cage underneath the stadium. So Trevor, uh, we were talking to him beforehand, and uh, one of the Suns employees uh, mentioned – or not, uh, I'm sorry, not Suns, Jumbo Shrimp. I, yeah, I'm from Jacksonville, yes. uh, so I grew up on the Suns. Um, and mentioned to him uh, laughingly that the 50 Cent was not necessarily the worst he's ever seen, and he shared another story of, of, of somebody who had – come out and was was you know sort of doing the whole uh pitcher thing taking it very seriously (laughs) and the guy sailed it right into the dugout so so he tells trevor this story and i look at trevor i said uh he's got you thinking a little bit now (laughs) so and there is a little bit of an element to that but i can i can tell you from watching trevor's pitches underneath the tunnel uh he can throw He, he he He's got an arm, uh, and but it, I don't think he's thrown a baseball in quite some time. It's different motion. He doesn't want to uh, mess it up, but uh, he could have pitched at six six. You know, it, I'm sure if he'd chosen a different path, he probably could have done that. Yeah, if he'd have, yeah, sure. Yeah. If he wasn't focused on football, he right. Probably could have focused on something else and done very well at it. Well, uh, you know, obviously you guys uh, spoke with Trevor after the fact. That was part of the conversation was the first pitch. But there was some football talk as well. He was asked as he, if he's been throwing with Calvin Ridley so far. 
Yeah, yeah, we have we have once, and uh, I'm I'm super excited, and it, it, we're just excited to have him. He's going to be another piece for this offense and our team, and then just a, a good guy that we're excited to you know bring into the locker room, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You look forward to voluntary workouts? Oh yeah, we're pumped. We'll have we'll have a good crew there, and it's such a cool time of year. Everybody comes back, you get to start building your team, building your foundation for the season, and I'm really excited to start that with all the guys. Well, that's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, John Osher, we know you are a big off-season workout type guy, so this is right up your alley. You know, these are important, though, for Trevor and especially Ridley to kind of get on a somewhat of a same page. You won't really know until training camp, preseason games, all the, the real football things start happening. Yeah, my thought on a lot of the getting together and throwing – with the receivers in the off season, I think in reality that's that it, it's good for them if they want to do it. Uh, I think it's a lot of window dressing, uh, and in terms of what they gain on the field, that's going to translate out in November. I think it's terrific that they want to get together and get to know each other as people, be around each other, and, and throwing a football is something to do to do that. I'm not sure they wouldn't get the same benefit from going to lunch, but I'm fine with. It. I'm not. Happy I mean, hour or something. yeah, right, it's yeah. it's. I'm not putting down the idea. Uh, in the last four or five years since social media, I think we've taken the whole let's take pictures of ourselves throwing in the off season. It's almost like if you don't do it, you're not trying. I don't think if they didn't do it, they would be any further behind when they got together. That being said, I thought was what was interesting about uh, the comment he made about Ridley, um, there wasn't a whole lot of meat there, mm-hmm. but just as you get closer to the time where Ridley's on the field with them and start thinking about what he's going to bring, um, when we talked about it last off season, when we I mean, uh, last season when it happened, we talked about it early in the off season, it still felt sort of theoretical and. Oh, it's going to be cool. Once you start really thinking about what this guy is going to bring, uh, the impact that it really could make on this offense starts getting very, very real. And uh, it, we've talked on this show a lot about sort of pushing your chips in on one side of the ball or the other. It it sure feels like what's developing is a chance to really push in offensively and be a big-time offense next year. I don't know if we're moving on from uh, the Trevor thoughts yet. I thought the best stuff that he said actually was on Evan Ingram. All right, let's hear from Go Trevor ahead. Lawrence on the tight end who has been franchise tagged. Huge. I mean, obviously, that was a big you know priority for us this offseason. Um, so to have him back, at least for this year and hopefully longer moving forward, I mean, that's, that's ideal. And just you saw kind of what he did to our offense this last season and how he came on towards the end of the year. And um, I think we've really figured out you know how to use them the right way and I think we've, we've kind of he's helped us a ton and we've maximized what he can do and just to keep building on that there's still more out there for him that's the exciting part is you look at his numbers and they were great and they were some of the best numbers for Jacksonville tight ends ever and for him but I feel like he really didn't even catch on until the last back half of the season so to look at having a full year of that it's really exciting it's sky's the limit and just for our offense too. All right that's 43 seconds of answer on a question asked by John Osier. Yeah that happened to be my question, so I'll, that's me patting myself on the back. Well done. Um, but I did think it was within the context of an off-season interview done on a baseball field with a quarterback, uh, I thought it was interesting that he 
when I asked that, he, he his ears sort of perked up, and he talked for much longer than I thought he would about it. To me, uh, there was some meat there in the sense that I really do think as they got to the end of last season, if you think about what they did with Evan Ingram late last season, the way they used him and his effectiveness and his consistency went way, way up the second half of the season. I don't think Trevor quite knows yet how they're going to use Ridley because they haven't had a chance to really talk about it. I think he'll find out a lot more once they get in here in April. Mm -hmm. But I think he knows from experience and what he's seen and as a player and and the chemistry they have with Ingram. They're pretty close to Trevor and Ingram. Evan was there last night. Um, They have a real relationship. So what Trevor said last night sort of made me rethink a little bit – not that I didn't think Evan was going to have a big year coming back, but Trevor sure seems to think that there's a lot more for Evan Ingram in this offense, which is interesting because I thought Evan had a great year last year in the second half of the season. The Jaguars are locked in for 2023. The thrill of a win and electricity of the fans make game day at the bank an experience like no other. So join your friends, family, and fellow diehards by becoming a Jaguars season ticket member. The fun is here. You don't want to miss out. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000 and buy today. More after this. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier, Bucky Brooks out this week. We'll have him back next week. We're closing in on the NFL draft. It's right around the corner. Jaguars continue to sign some players as well and Let's start with that, John. A couple of offensive linemen this week. Uh, Chandler Brewer signed on Wednesday, undrafted by the Rams in 2019. Played in 13 games, four starts. He's from the Shoals area in Alabama. Played at Middle Tennessee State, though. And then Josh Wells earlier this week. He was a 2014 undrafted rookie by the Jaguars out of James Madison. Spent a few years here, moved on to Tampa Bay, has a Super Bowl ring. Now he's back at a, at the place where he started his career and, you know, a really great guy, obviously, when he was around here, uh, just kind of working his way up. Same class as Tyler Shatley. They came in together, it's right? Fantastic. It's unbelievable. I, I I laughed when I saw the messaging, you know, yesterday they were going to re-sign or they were going to sign Josh. I laughed not because of um, – the quality of the signing, I think it's it's a signing that makes perfect sense. You've got a veteran guy uh, who has some ties to Jacksonville. My understanding is he still has a house from when he lived here. They'll be able to come back, be very comfortable. It, it just struck me as funny because if you if you had told anybody in 2014 that Josh Wells and Tyler Shatley would both be in in the top eight offensive linemen, which is very possible with Josh. It, it's, you know, they're signing to be the swing tackle. I think he's going to be active. I think he's going to be a factor in, on the team. If you had told anybody that, including Josh and Tyler, <laughs> right. they you know, both of them would have signed up for that right then, met 10-year careers. But, but nobody would have expected it. But um, it's funny. It, it's one thing that I remember learning about the league um, really early on was that often offensive linemen – it is one position where if, if you are a six, six, three hundred pound offensive lineman coming into the league, and you get and you come in as an undrafted guy, 
Um, it is the one position where if, if, if you stick around and you work and you do what the coaches are telling you to do and you put in the time, a, a lot of undrafted free agent offensive linemen have long careers like this because it is, it is hard to find people of that size. Um, and when I was with the Colts, you had guys do it when you've been here. Josh Wells is the perfect example of that. Nobody would have thought Josh Wells was going to be a 10-year guy, uh, but he put in the work, put in the time. In terms of how he fits, and as you said, great guy, yeah, a, a perfect guy to have in that spot, um, it, it makes particular sense, and it's the kind of signing teams do this time of year. You're leading into the draft. Uh, there's been all this talk, and I was one of them, oh, they need to sign, they need to draft an offensive lineman uh, late in the first round so that he can be a swing guy and play guard. I don't think that's off the table. But this is what general managers do as a draft approaches to prevent from having to draft for need in that spot. Now they don't have to go take one at 24. Oh, my goodness, we don't have a swing tackle. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? That's what forces bad draft picks. Now they can draft with the idea of, okay, if we've got a guy who works there, let's do it. If not, Josh Wells can play that role, and we have uh, Ben Barchett. You know, you, you – you can get it done. This is to make sure that you don't draft silly. Nobody wants to draft silly, Jake. No. Uh, no, they don't. No. And, in fact, uh, speaking of the draft, it's three weeks and one day away from today. That's insane. How about that? I mean, three weeks from tomorrow. I was thinking about that this morning. I, it, it, it's gone fast. It's been almost three months since uh, the Kansas City game. Yeah, it's amazing. Which is, yeah. Time flies when you're getting old, JP. Just wait till you're my age. <laughs> it goes quick. Three weeks away, and of course we'll have coverage throughout that weekend on Jaguars.com and all the coverage leading up in the few weeks ahead. Off-season program starts in a couple of weeks. Cannot the wait. players will be in for be off-season awesome. workouts in the weight room. I know you'll be down there every day grinding with them. Well, not unless they change my code, because they don't want me down there. No. <laughs> but I'll be looking forward. And, and – all kidding aside, I do think this year's off-season program, as we get closer, we'll talk, to, we'll talk more to Bucky about it because he loves it. Um, but there's some significance to this year's off-season program way beyond what future off-seasons, off-season programs will hold as Trevor gets into year four, year five, hopefully in this offense. This year's off-season program – I don't know if we as a as a media core and observers will necessarily feel how different and important it is, but I think for Trevor and the offensive players, this first year coming back with Doug and Press and Mike McCoy and everybody having a chance to look at the offense, take out what wasn't working great, really hone in on what they're going to be doing, I think it's going to be very interesting for the players to see how they're going to approach things, and how much more, I guess, streamlines uh, the word I'm looking for. Uh, the jump that we're all talking about next season will start in those meetings. We won't be able to feel that. We won't see that big of a difference on the field because it's, uh, it's a padless play. But what they're doing now, this really is an important offseason as they get that and get ready for next season. In the future, it'll, be, it'll still be important for Trevor, for the other skill guys who've been around a little more, uh, you might see 
not as high attendance because those guys sort of know what they're doing. And I hearken back to Reggie Wayne when I covered the Colts. Peyton was there every year. Reggie would come in for a couple of days at the beginning of the program, make sure that he wasn't missing anything. And then once they got into some repetition, he was back in Miami. He did fine. So that tends to happen a little bit with an offense that's been around for a Mm -hmm. while. This offense isn't quite there yet. One day they will be, though. That's the hope. Well, yeah, it's trending that way. It's trending that way big time. And, And frankly, there were times with the Colts at that point where they needed time with younger players, too. Peyton was there. It, True. It'd be fine for Reggie, but how much was he going to get out of it in year eight? Get the reps well, for the guys who really The young it. guys who really wanted to get it, they used it that way. Uh, they didn't tell Reggie to leave, but they also couldn't tell him to stay because it's voluntary. And as Edger and James said, that's still the definition. John, well done. We'll talk to you again next week, and uh, Bucky will be back with us next Wednesday. I will not be here next week. Let's see, let's see if we uh, flying solo with Bucky. Oh wow, we're just we're rotating hosts. Or we're, yeah. That's what happens that's, uh, here sometimes. And now I might season. be back the next week if they let me back in the building. We'll see, and then you know who knows draft coverage. I right. Life's always day to day, JP. Yeah, aren't we all? That's John <laughs> Osier. I'm JP Shadrick. Joe Fortunato on the audio side. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Huddle Up Podcast.